0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's time for You Better You Bet. We'll give you an edge to beat the spread and so much more. What do we call that? Wagertainment. It's You Better You Bet from BetQL. And live, actually, from the
1: uh, BetQL studios out in Washington, D.C., Nick and Ken with the day off. So it's Ryan Horvath, P.J. Glasser filling in for You Better You Bet, and it's January 16th, a crazy night last night, Wild Card weekend. All wrapped up, also all wrapped up, the season for the Philadelphia Eagles. Maybe Nick Sirianni's uh, tenure in Philadelphia as well. And uh, also yesterday, the Buffalo Bills win. They covered The total does end up going over. Uh, we'll talk about all of that. We will talk about... A little bit of everything today because we have the divisional round matchups all set up. PJ, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, pal. It's good to see you. I'm excited to talk
2: about this Packers game with you because I'm sure uh, you know you were all all excited watching that Cowboys game. I did take Packers money line. Um, don't love them this week against San Francisco. I'm sure we'll get into that. But I'm a lot doing of people good. do. Doing good. I don't know about you, but divisional weekend in the NFL is my favorite weekend. I know a lot of people like, you know, the big one. They love Super Bowl Sunday. They love NFC, AFC title game, all that. Um, give me divisional round. Best eight teams, two games Saturday, two games Sunday. My favorite.
1: Yeah, I can't wait, man. And um can't believe that the Packers are still playing. Uh, I also, I took the Packers. I didn't go money line, though. Uh, I did. I did think that they had a shot, though, just because it was Mike McCarthy. Mm-hmm. You know, with the pressure on at home. I uh, got out coaching that game by Matt Lafleur, but I don't like the matchup against San Francisco. We'll talk about that also coming up around 5:20 today. We'll talk with Rick Camp. We'll talk some NBA basketball, and we'll also talk some PGA golf with Joe Idoni around 5:40 uh, as well. So uh, a little reminder for you: every time you make a wager over at BetMGM, you earn BetMGM reward points that could be redeemed for things like free bets risk-free tokens or converted to MGM reward points that could be used towards dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resorts. Download the BetMGM app and visit BetMGM.com today. Also download the BetQL app for all the tools you need to take down the sports books, including five star plays like one tonight in the Association, Jalen Johnson, under 17 and a half points. And uh, I made a little trip over to BetMGM as well, MGM, and I bet George Kittle receiving yards Ooh. a couple different times. I really like that matchup coming up against Green Bay. You saw what Jake Ferguson did. Three touchdowns. What did he have, 10 receptions against Green Bay? hmm I like that, too. Yeah, Ferguson was was awesome. I
2: mean, you've been talking about it all year. Whenever you're going up against a Joe Barry defense, you got to love the tight end. Kittle's well-rested. Purdy loves work in the middle of the field. I'll be on Kittle this weekend. Absolutely. Um, I think Debo Samuel will be a good look. It's tough with San Francisco because they got so many weapons. Mm-hmm. Trying to figure out the guy that who like who's going to pop off for them, but uh, Kittle will certainly be at the at the top of my list. I'll be betting all his props.
1: You know what's funny is Jordan Love, year one, taking over for Aaron Rodgers, uh, has a chance to do something really funny because so they knock off the Cowboys, they go into Jerry's World, which that's what they always do, undefeated in Jerry's World right now. Yep. Um, but coming up. Jordan Love takes the trip to San Francisco. Green Bay goes from being ten point dogs. It's it's nine and a half right now over at BetMGM. But Aaron Rodgers never won in San Francisco in the playoffs. And then after that, let's say, what what if they go and they uh, get Tampa Bay after that? You remember a couple of NFC Championship games ago, they lost to the Bucs as well. Yeah. Let's start there though. The Buccaneers last night they closed as two and a half point dogs. The total closed at forty four, so somehow it goes under. Uh, Tampa wins that game outright, thirty two to nine against philadelphia so the season comes to an end for the eagles your thoughts jalen hurts in that game 25 of 35 passing 250 yards had a touchdown he was sacked three times i think like the most shocking stat as you look at it uh one carry for jalen last night for only five yards we saw crazy the brotherly shove get stuffed last night yeah jason kelsey announces his retirement it looks like after last night's game you saw some um stuff going on on the sidelines with dallas goddard And Jalen in that game, it was just—it was a weird finish to the season, obviously for Philadelphia. Uh, They were a mess defensively. I don't think Nick Sirianni is the guy. Um, And that defense, man—you know—you knew they were in big trouble when Matt Patricia took on a bigger role. Oh no question. Uh, It just shows
2: again like how great the Eagles coaching staff was last year. We obviously see what Steichen's been able to do with Indianapolis. He almost took him to the playoffs with Gardner Minshew this year. And Jonathan Gannon, you know, Arizona was a lot more competitive than what we thought they were. And when Kyler Murray was back, you know, they won at Pittsburgh. They won at Philadelphia this year. So Arizona's a team trending in the right direction. Um, But like you said, this is one of the biggest collapses from a team that I can remember in like, Recent memory, just when you consider the fact that the Eagles were in the Super Bowl last year. Yeah. They started the season 10 and 1. They were in the driver's seat to get the number one seed to win the NFC East. They do neither of those things. And then for them to look the way that they did the final two games of the season, when you're trailing the Giants 24 nothing at halftime. And then you lose to Tampa Bay, thirty-two to nine. It's it's pretty crazy. This is a this is a big off season for Philly, Ryan. Like they have a lot of questions. It's crazy too how when you're winning games, it kind of masks things on your team, yeah. right? Like the defensive line for Philadelphia earlier in the year was so good, it kind of masked how bad the secondary was. Then the D line didn't produce. It didn't get sacks, and we saw how bad that D line was. And then offensively, like. These last—the last, like, year and a half, I mean, when you thought about Philly's offense, like, didn't you just feel like they had so many different weapons that they could go to, whether it was Swift in the backfield or Gainwell, and then Goddard at tight end, and Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown—and with A.J. Brown out last night— it just showed, like, outside of Don- Devontae Smith, they have no playmakers whatsoever. Yeah. You have the corpse of Julio Jones out there. You have Quez Watkins out there, Zacchaeus, Goddard's banged up. They didn't even run the ball with Swift. They didn't even try and get him in a rhythm. It was just – it's a disaster, and – uh Man, Philly has, they have fallen
1: fast. They, they started 10-1 and one this season. Yeah. I mean, their Super Bowl, fast. Uh, they beat Buffalo, and uh, after that, everything just went downhill. Like you said, I mean, I knew they were in big trouble, even when Tommy DeVito came in that game a couple weeks ago in relief. I mean, they were driving up and down the field, so, and then on the offensive side of the ball, it was a different offense. I mean, they were clearly missing Shane Steichen. Yeah. You saw what he did year one in Indianapolis. Jalen didn't have the same type of season, and, you know, like last season, we talked about this, everything was up-tempo this season, they... I mean, it was like a slower pace. It wasn't a good year. And, uh, but also how about what Tampa's doing right now? Like they're on fire and Baker Mayfield, it was a one year, $4 million deal. And last night things weren't perfect. Like there were seven drops from the receivers in that game, but still he absolutely torched the Eagles, especially James Bradbury and Darius Slay. They gave up 161 of the 263 passing yards. Those guys look washed out there last night. Baker 22 of 36 passing 337 yards, three touchdowns, no picks had a QB rating of 119.8. He was sacked four times. Like That's the one thing you could say about the Eagles. I still like the defensive line. They could get pressure on the quarterback. They could hold up against the run, but that secondary is bad. That pass defense is bad. Do you think it's as simple as you make a couple changes as coordinator? Do you think Nick Sariani's out because... Right now, Mike Vrabel, if you look at some of these offshore markets, is the uh, favorite to be the next head coach of the Eagles. But do you think, Howie, do you think they're actually going to make a change? Like, is Sirianni done? I I think he should
2: be. I I think he should be, too. I think he should be because it just looks like the players have quit on him. It looks like he's lost the locker room. You know, when you're winning games and you run your mouth and you're talking all this stuff and you're like, are they screaming now? And, you know, Sirianni was the kind of coach that if he was your coach, you love him. And then if he wasn't your coach, like, you hated him. You, you love were him winning, when you're
1: winning 13 games.
2: Exactly. Yeah. But now that they're starting to lose games, you realize, like, this, this dude's not that good of a coach. Like, the Eagles were only good last year because of their two coordinators. So, I think they have to move on, not only because I don't think Sirianni's the answer, but because of the candidates that are available. Like, this head right. coaching cycle that's available, Ryan, I mean, they could get Vrabel, they could get Belichick, they could get... Ben Johnson, they could get Mike McDonald from Baltimore, Bobby Slowick, like there are so many candidates out there that if the Eagles decide to make their head coach, I'd be like, great hire. Like, you really can't screw up a hiring unless you go out and, you know, like, I don't think Dan Quinn would be the best option unless you brought in an OC, you know? Not after this weekend, especially. I don't think, like, Aaron Glenn, the Detroit defensive coordinator, would be a very good hire. But if you stick to, like, the top candidates, because Philadelphia is a team that's ready to win now, you need a guy that gets Jalen back to the level that he was playing at last year. Um, You know, you need to get A.J. Brown back in Philadelphia and wanting to play. They are a veteran roster, especially on defense. You gotta figure out that secondary. But... You know, the Giants are well-coached. Dable's really good. Dallas is a lot of talent. Washington, which we're going to talk about throughout the show. I think that's the
1: best job right
2: now. It might be. You got new ownership. You have the number two pick. Yeah. Um, You know, they got first-round talent on their team. I just—I like the Washington job, too. I'm with you. So, Philadelphia, you know, outside of San Francisco in the NFC, like— it feels like everybody's racing to become that number two team in the NFC, right? It looks like probably Detroit's that team right now with the way they're trending, but your Packers certainly are ahead of schedule. Um, so we'll see, man. But I, I certainly think the, the Eagles need to make a move at head coach.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's crazy. I, I mean, you think of the Super Bowl run last year, but the year before that you were bounced in the wild card, which that was a rebuild year. You could say anyway. And then this year you get bounced in the wild card again, after you start 10 and one, um, huh. I, I still, I, I wish I would have bet Tampa Bay. I was waiting to fade the Eagles. I just didn't think last night was the night with Todd no, Bowles and Baker Mayfield all beat up. And instead, uh, yeah, Baker Mayfield absolutely torched that secondary. If so you're I guess a no big surprise.
2: Ryan, if you're Tampa, are you almost a little bum that, like, now, because Tampa won, Todd Bowles is probably
1: coming back next year. Baker's coming back next year. Like, you know, Baker's like the Giants fine. last year? Yeah. I mean, other than like you knew you were going to bring back Brian Dable and Mike a, Kafka because they're awesome at their jobs. No, but like he,
2: Baker and Daniel yeah.
1: Jones is a great comp. Like yeah.
2: to the point where like you feel like you got the most out of them, but you know you're never winning
1: the Super Bowl with that And guy. it's funny because Baker was the number one overall pick. He was great. I mean, he was pretty good his rookie year in Cleveland. He really was really good. good year one with Stefanski yep. when they had the strong run game and everything was off play action. They had the good defense. And then the year, I mean, the year that he stunk in Cleveland, he was also hurt. He had a shoulder injury. But I think Baker, in the right system, I mean, he's got really good receivers, obviously. They still have a good defense there in Tampa. I... Yeah, I think he could be the guy for a couple more years. I don't know if he's just a bridge quarterback, but we'll, we'll see. I I'm, Yeah, I mean, that was the thought process
2: coming into the season. Was Brady retired, and then they were like, oh, I guess Kyle Trask is going to be our quarterback. Then they went out and got Baker, and it's like, with Drake May and Caleb Williams coming out, like, we just sucked this year, and we can go get our guy. And then with how bad the NFC South was, Tampa's like, no, we can actually make the playoffs with this team. And you know what? I give them a real chance in Detroit this weekend. I real look the Lions, as good as that offense is, Ryan, you can also throw on that defense, and yeah. I think it's a great matchup for Baker. Like he can light up defenses with bad secondaries, and you can get Detroit. So I think Tampa certainly is live to uh, keep that game close against the Lions.
1: I agree, really quick on that because I know we're going to talk about it here. Um, it's six and a half right now. Where do you think it closes? You don't think we get seven, seven and a half? Do I, you? No, definitely
2: not seven and a half. No, I don't think we get seven.
1: I think it goes back down
2: to six before it gets to seven. Seven is just such a key number. Yeah. And uh, man, like Detroit, I just—they're not used to this. They're not used to a playoff football and then b being favorites in playoff football. Right. You were fortunate to beat the Rams, and now you got to turn around and you got to play Tampa. Ryan, they thought they were headed to Dallas. Right. So now they wanted that game. They wanted that game. Aiden Hutchinson, after the game against the Rams, when they found out that they were playing the Bucks, said oh, it's a shame that we didn't get Dallas. We were looking forward to that game. So is now with Tampa coming in, are they almost saying to themselves, like, man, we get a break here. Like, we're playing the Bucks. We don't have to go play Dallas again. We get another home game. Uh, it, that, to me, is going to be interesting. Tampa's, they're playing with house money. Nothing to lose in that game. Um... But to answer your question, I I don't I don't think we get a seven.
1: Yeah, I don't either. So six and a half right now, total in the game, 48 and a half. We'll talk about that coming up. Uh, next, Eagles head coach, offshore odds, Mike Vrabel, the favorite, minus 150. Makes complete sense because they're ready to win right now. Yep. Uh, he goes up there. He fixes up the defensive side of the ball. Any chance that he would keep Matt Patricia on the staff because of the New mm-hmm. England ties? I don't yeah. think so either. I think Patricia's got to go. Uh, Bill Belichick, four to one. Bobby Slowick. Four to one. Bobby Slowick was in his bag. He put on a show, and then Ben Johnson, who's five so to one, good. also put on a show. Those, like, if I'm that, th- those are the guys that I want. If you can't have the established guys for the Eagles, Vrabel and Belichick do make sense. Agreed. Because this is a team that was just in the Super Bowl last year. Uh, that started ten and one. They're ready to win now. But man, I would love Bobby Slowick. I would love Ben Johnson as play callers and as head coaches. And obviously, like, I think Harbaugh, good option, nine to one. But I think he's going to be going to Los Angeles to coach the Chargers. After that, though, Dan Quinn. How do you hire Dan Quinn after what you saw That's on exactly on, against Green Bay? I don't know how you can. No. I mean, Jordan Love in his first playoff game just marched up and down the field. And that was supposed to be the strength. And if you look at Dallas's defense, like since week nine, since really their bye week, um... Not a very good defense. Number one in pass rush win rate, able to get after the quarterback, but they couldn't stop the run all season long, which was a terrible matchup going against Green Bay the way that Aaron Jones is running the ball. Yeah. In the the secondary. I mean, they lost Diggs early on. You know, it's... Stephon Gilmore did not look very good. I know he was dealing with the shoulder injury, but he looked washed out there. Right. So, I I don't... You could make excuses, but I don't know, man. I mean... That was Green Bay. That was Jordan Love in his first start. And Matt LaFleur completely ran circles around Dan Quinn. The Luke Musgrave touchdown. He was wide open. Nobody should ever be that wide open. So I, I don't think I would touch Dan Quinn right now. But man, Bobby Slowick and Ben Johnson after this weekend. Whew. Their stock's only going up. <laughs> yeah. What makes the
2: Eagles' job interesting and what makes Dallas's job opening interesting too, if McCarthy does get let go, is the pressure that comes with being the head coach of those two teams in those cities, right? With those fan bases. So even though I agree with you that Sloak and Ben Johnson are great head coaching candidates, like would you take a chance on those guys and give them the reins of being the head coach of those two teams in their first head coaching gigs? That's why I lean more so towards a veteran like like a Belichick or Vrabel guys that have been through it. They, they know what, what, you know, the league's going to throw at them, what fans are going to throw at them. So I think that's the route the Philly would go is with the veteran guy and, uh, you know, I more see Bobby Slowick and Ben Johnson like a Washington or, uh, you know, maybe they're able. Maybe Tepper's able to get one of them, in Carolina or something like that. Yeah, so we'll
1: see. Maybe Atlanta, too. Uh, Bills also knock off the Steelers, so they advance Bills Chiefs. And it looks mm. like we're going to get a three with Patrick Mahomes, although right now over at BetMGM, it's minus 125. We'll talk about that. We'll recap the rest of Wild Card Weekend. It's You Better, You Bet. It's Ryan Horvath, PJ Glasser filling in for Nick and Ken.
0: We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL network. Let's get back to You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL network.
1: Welcome back to You Better You Bet. Ryan Horvath, P.J. Glasser filling in today for Nick and Ken. They'll be back coming up on Thursday, next couple of days off. You can also check them out this weekend, getting you set for the divisional round. Uh, you can watch us live 24-7 on the BetQL Network and directly on the free Odyssey app. Also check us out on Twitch, YouTube, the BetQL Network. You could listen to You Better You Bet live on Sirius Channel 160 and Sirius XM 205. And uh, coming up shortly, we'll be on uh, Stadium as well. You can check that out, watchstadium.com, YouTube TV, as well as 2B and more. So, Peach, we uh, hit on the Eagles, that collapse, the defensive side of the ball, the offensive struggles. Really quick, do you think Jalen's the guy? I mean, obviously, he's the franchise quarterback. Last year looked like he was going to win the MVP before he got injured, but it was weird last night with the Dallas Goddard stuff, the A.J. Brown stuff. He didn't play last night, but he's wiped all of his uh, social media accounts, everything that says Philadelphia Eagles. He wants nothing to do with them anymore. Are you still sold on Jalen being an Alabama guy that he could, uh, that he's still the guy? So I think there are only
2: like five, maybe six quarterbacks in this league that really can win games without having a lot of help around them, right? Mahomes, Lamar, Allen, Mm. you know, these kind of guys, Stroud, all that. Uh, Jalen, I think is good enough. I mean, he he proved he got to a Super Bowl last year. They easily could have won that game against the Chiefs. But I think he needs he needs some help around him. He needs a good offensive coordinator, needs a good O-line. He needs weapons around him. Um... You know, we have this conversation all the time, Ryan. You look around the league at what some of these other teams have at quarterback, right? I mean, look what the Jets had this season. Look what the Panthers. I know Bryce Young is is a rookie. But look what the Patriots had. Um, you know, so many of these teams week after week, it's just a disaster. The Steelers had trouble at quarterback, so I think the Eagles, considering. Where some of these other teams are with trying to find their quarterback, even though Jalen isn't one of the top five QBs in the league. I certainly think you can win with him. He proves that. I mean, there was a stretch where in regular season play he was like 23 and three in like his last 20. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. he he had a crazy run. He was winning games. Um, I don't think he's one of the upper echelon quarterbacks. Like maybe we thought. When he made the Super Bowl last year. But I do think Philadelphia can win with him. But they but they have to surround him. He needs a good offensive coordinator. um, And and he needs receiving help as well. We saw it last night. As great as Devontae Smith was. Yeah. Without A.J. Brown. Without another great receiver out there. Without an O-line that protects him. It's just it's not the same. I do worry a little bit too about Jalen. You know even though he's such a great short yardage runner. He's just a great runner in general. I mean, you really just saw him this season, especially kind of wear down as the season went. He ran the ball one time last night, as you mentioned at the start of the Mm -hmm. show. That's to me, that's insane for a playoff game where his rushing attempts were eight and a half. For Jalen to only run the ball one time, I think that just speaks volume to Tampa Bay was bringing the blitz all night, and the Eagles had no answer for it. So. I think uh, it's an interesting offseason for Philly. I do think Jalen, they can win games with him, but he needs some help.
1: I agree. I won't be surprised if he's the MVP of the league. I won't be surprised if they make a if they make a coaching change and they win 12, 13 games and they're back in the Super Bowl next year. I mean, I still think that's a great job. Offensive side, it just looked like the brains had left the building. Like defensively, John Gannon was a lot better than we thought. Yep. And then on the offensive side of the ball, I was a big Shane Steichen fan. And with like Nick Sirianni. The only reason I didn't love the Sirianni hire, if he's a great motivator, then that's different. Like you said, it looked like he lost the locker room the second half of the season. And even when he was in Indianapolis those couple years, those three seasons, he didn't call plays. You don't have to call plays. I mean, Matt LaFleur called plays for one year and the Tennessee offense wasn't even great. And now look what he's doing in Green Bay. But, um... Yeah, man, they they have to make a change. And if it's Mike Vrabel, if it's Bill Belichick, I think those are probably the best options. Let's also talk about the uh, Buffalo Bills, who last night uh, do win. They cover 31-17, so they cover all numbers. Uh, close 9.5, 10-point favorites in some uh, some spots, but the over uh, hits. So the total goes over 48, and if you bet that early on, you obviously got your money back mm-hmm. uh, as the time changed, as the day changed. But um, I did like the over a lot in that game. I did like Buffalo in that game. But man, uh, Josh Allen, 21 to 30 yesterday, 203 yards. So he goes over, I'm sorry, under on his passing yards. But he had three touchdown passes, had that 52-yard rushing touchdown. And for the Steelers, uh, the tackling yesterday was brutal. But we were talking about quarterbacks. Who's their quarterback next season? Because right now... They're picking number 20 in the draft. I don't know if they're going to be able to move up. I don't know if it's Kenny Pickett.
0: I don't think it's Mason no.
1: Rudolph, who last night was 22 of 39, 229 yards, two touchdowns, one pick. What do you think they do next year?
2: I certainly think they're going to draft a quarterback. I think they they have to, right, and hope they strike gold. I don't see the Steelers trading up to, like, number one or number two. That's just not how they operate. They're not going to give away their future like that. But you know, maybe they maybe they draft a Penix, maybe they draft a Bo Nix. maybe they draft a JJ McCarthy, maybe they take a chance on a guy like Michael Pratt out of two lane, big body who I think could handle the cold weather out there in Pittsburgh. Um so I do think they draft somebody, but I think they could go after a veteran type quarterback as well. Um Kirk Cousins. You know, maybe Justin a Kirk Fields, Cousins, maybe, maybe a Justin Fields as well. I was throwing that around on the show last night. I just, I don't know, man. Pittsburgh's another one of those teams that they need to get the quarterback, but they also need a young, hot shot offensive guy, too. I mean, they've just, it's been the same thing for the last three years. It's just they've been stuck in the mud. There's no creativity on offense. Um, Luke's holding up a five, our producer over there. It's been a long time since the Steelers have had a good offense like it's that. It's been since 2017. Yeah, 2017. Who's their last good OC? Was it Bruce Arians? Todd Haley? No, Todd Haley wasn't good, right? Luke was After, a big, like, Todd I Haley, Haley of the was guy okay. For a while. He's okay.
0: Todd Haley was okay. He just didn't get along with Ben. Yeah. But it's been like five or six years since we've had a good offense, and it's been very frustrating being a
2: Steelers What's fan. concerning, too, Ryan, is their defense in the postseason has not been good. And I know Watt's been hurt for some of these games, but I saw a stat that the Steelers have given up the most points in NFL history. Over this five game stretch of the postseason dating over the last couple of years. So you think of the Steelers, you think steel curtain defense and then watching them the last few years, you know, they squeak into the playoffs. They don't have the offense to compete, but their defense hasn't been stopping these teams either. So the job Tomlin does year after year is insane. Like it's incredible that he gets the most out of his team, but the Steelers almost kind of put themselves in just like football hell because they have the 20th pick in the draft this year. And they're not good enough to win a Super Bowl, but they're not bad enough to have a top five pick. And it's like they're just going to continue to go
1: through the same cycle year after year until they finally find their quarterback. It's kind of like with coaching this year. Like if I want my next head coach, I want to make that hire this year while it's Ben Johnson, like these names that we're talking about, Mike Vrabel, Bill Belichick. And if I want a quarterback, I want a quarterback this year, even if I have to move up. I mean, I don't think you're going to be able to get those top guys, Caleb Williams or Drake May, but I would take a shot with Michael Penix, especially if he goes late, like if it's a second or third round pick, I would take a shot with Bo Nix. I thought Bo Nix at Oregon that first year, that might be just like the system, but then Kenny Dillingham left and he still completed what, like 75% of his passes. A lot of it like kind of dinking and dunking, but he makes the right throws. Uh, I love Jaden Daniels. I think Jaden Daniels could be Lamar Jackson. I mean, he's like a skinny version, but he's electric. He could make all the throws down the field. So I would move up for somebody like that. But then next year, you look at that class, and I'm not fully sold yet on Quinn Ewers. Um, I like Shador Sanders. Yeah, I do too. but, But if I want a quarterback, I'm getting a quarterback this year. So like you said, if if they stand pat at 20 i don't know what they're able to do but i don't, I don't know maybe they can move up but i don't think Kenny Pickett's the guy uh, no, i don't I think agree. Mason Rudolph's the guy although last night it wasn't all on Mason Rudolph i thought he actually played pretty well like broderick jones was making his first start at tackle he yeah. was a mess man um in pass protection the tackling on the defensive side of the ball was a mess and that's the problem with the steelers is with tj watt on the field that could be a top 12 top 15 defense still uh, without him on the field, especially the pass defense, it's rough. And the tackling last night was rough. Even Minka Fitzpatrick, and I know he's playing her, but yep. he gets shrugged off by Shakir um, on that touchdown that ultimately ends up being the, uh, the uh, clincher if you bet the game. And then uh, the Josh Allen long touchdown run. That can't happen. 52 yards, he just jukes a defender like that. So the tackling was bad. The defense wasn't great. Um, but still, I think Mike Tomlin has to be back unless he doesn't want to be back. You saw the press conference where he just walked up from the podium. He didn't like that question too much. You think he's back though? I do think he's back. I do think he's back. The Steelers certainly want him back. Um, you know, I think
2: Tomlin certainly considers his options, but ultimately I do think he comes back and I think he's the head coach. Steelers have an issue too, with the fact that they cannot win games when TJ Watts not on the field. I understand he's a great player, arguably the best offensive player in football, But, like, you got to find a way to win games without the guy. And I get the Bills are, you know, they were 10-point favorites. They should win that game. But in general, I mean, we all know the splits when Watt plays and when he doesn't. So, you know, TJ's probably a guy who's going to get hurt again throughout his career. It's just kind of been the way it is. That's the way he plays. they got to find a way to navigate that. Um, But, yeah, man, it seems like for, like, the last three or four years, it's just been the same story for the Steelers. But I will say for Buffalo last night, like, how should they feel waking up this morning? You go up 21-0. That blocked field goal completely changes the game and give Pittsburgh life. You end up winning the game by 14. It was a seven-point game with 10 minutes to go in a game where it really never felt like Pittsburgh ever had a chance. But if George Pickens doesn't fumble and essentially gives Buffalo a touchdown, and if Rudolph doesn't throw an interception in the end zone, like, that game could have gotten really interesting. So, I know everybody's high on the bills right now. They continue to win games. They're three-point favorites against Kansas City. Josh Allen didn't have a turnover last night. Like, they did everything that they were supposed to do, and at the end of the day, like— you know that that game was we were one play away from it getting really really interesting so uh it's a credit to Tomlin again how the Steelers had no business being in that game and they found a way to keep it close but i, I just i don't know about buffalo ryan i don't know i can't wait for this game against the chiefs but uh we'll see man we'll see what happens they're a team though that i certainly think that they uh they, they are beatable for sure
1: Bills, Chiefs, that's coming up Sunday night, 6.30 p.m. Like you said, there's a three out there right now with the Chiefs. At BetMGM, it's minus 125. I want to see where this closes. I would assume two and a half, two, right? But, I mean, Mahomes at three, very, very tempting. I have the Bills Futures. But, um, like, the Chiefs lead the league in drops, you know, I, I like Rasheed Rice, I, Travis Kelsey looks washed out there, but I mean, he could still make plays, obviously, he could still go off for 10 receptions in this matchup against Buffalo, yeah. but Buffalo, kind of the same thing, I like Shakir, uh, Stephon Diggs, I like, Dalton Kincaid was awesome last night in his first playoff game, but I don't know, I do feel like something's missing, really on both sides of the ball, and then I worry a little bit in this matchup, going against Mahomes, even with the drops, and even with that wide receiver room, just because of their secondary. I mean, you already, you already lost Trey White for the season you know, months ago. Um, I love Rasul Douglas, but he's been dealing with an injury, so we'll see. Can't wait to watch that game. Then we got the other AFC matchup coming up, and we got the uh, Texans now taking a little bit of money. They're down to nine, nine-point dogs, coming here to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. Total in the game, 44, your Ravens. But uh, let's talk a little bit about the wild card game, because C.J. Stroud, it just shows, man, like we're talking about Pittsburgh. It really is for some of these teams. You're just a quarterback away and CJ Stroud in his first playoff game. And you could say a lot about Bobby Slowick, who was in his bag, but he was 16 to 21, 277 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. All three of those touchdowns came off play action. Two of them were big plays to uh, the tight ends, Brevin Jordan and Dalton Schultz. But Stroud was so damn good, man. Yep. Felt bad about your Browns money line bet. And I felt bad for our guy Joe Flacco because it was over really quickly. I didn't. Um, Man, I'm happy that he's not playing the Rams. I know. (laughs) I was
2: terrified. Uh, You know the Texans. It's. I mean, you said it's slow. Stroud, the job that they've been able to do. Like, do we really remember how bad the Texans were last year? I mean, I know we. They had the number two overall. Win total was five and a
1: half coming into the season, and I
2: and I I went under. I mean, we they were they were awful, and like I like Stroud a lot at Ohio State, but I certainly never thought he'd be this good especially this good this fast um so it was it was impressive you know cleveland their defense all season has been rated towards the top in the nfl but they just have not been the same on the road like they have been at home and that was that was no different on saturday their defense just Ryan I, I mean it was so easy for for Houston it wasn't the fact that they were scoring but mm-hmm. just the uh, the receivers and how open they were whether it was that Brevin Jordan touchdown or whether it was the Dalton Schultz one CJ Stroud missed a wide open one to Nico Collins like that was an easy touchdown as well where there was like 5 yards of separation so the Browns defense you know as great as it was this season they got to figure out why they play so differently on the road than they do at home. And then Flacco is a great story. Um, You know, you you thought that there would have been a game like this sooner— than when it actually happened, but he he throws an interception every game, if not two. The problem with this game was that when Joe threw an interception, they got returned for touchdowns, right? Yeah. It's one thing to throw a pick, but when those turns in turn into pick sixes, that that's what gets.
1: You. And that was the problem, man. See, um, like that's I I would have bet Houston a little bit bigger, but my concern was Cleveland. I know the home road splits on the defensive side of the ball; they're obviously a much better team, like you said, at home. But I thought the down to down, like the standards standard stuff, they'd be able to hold their own. They'd give up a couple of explosives, but man. They gave up a ton of explosives. Nico Collins was awesome. He caught six of his seven targets, 96 yards. He also had a touchdown in that game. And then like going back to Houston and just coming into the season, a lot of people rip the draft picks. Remember moving up for Will Anderson and CJ Stroud. They got both of their guys and Will Anderson was freaking awesome. He had in that game, a sack. He had five hurries again. He only played 31 pass rushing snaps. He's not even fully healthy. And he had a sack and five hurries in his first playoff game and they were all over Joe, man. He got sacked four times in that game, and Houston's defense looked legit. They only give up 14 points. They win the game 45-14, but do you expect them to be able to do that now on the road against a team like Baltimore going against Todd Monk and Lamar Jackson, that offense, and that offensive line? Because, I don't know, man. I mean, clearly, like, they were juiced with the home crowd because even, like, their linebackers, Christian Harris was awesome, and that pass defense was really the struggle for Houston all year. So I don't know if they could do that again. You
2: know, I will say the Texans were really good against the AFC North this season, right? They played the Ravens all the way back in week one, C.J. Stroud's rookie debut, so you really don't count that. Blew out the Steelers, obviously the Browns on Saturday. Remember, they beat Joe Burrow and the Bengals in the middle of the year. So AFC North dominated the NFC West this year. But the Texans held their
1: own against the North. So I think they can give the Ravens a game. Take a quick break. When we come back, you better you bet. we got to recap what went down in Big D out in Jerry's world. Is Mike McCarthy out in Dallas? He should be right now, I think. But uh, it's Tuesday, January 16th, and he's still head coach of the Dallas Cowboys for now. We'll talk about that. It's you better you bet. Ryan Horvath, PJ Glasser filling in for Nick and Ken.
0: We'll be right back with You Better, You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Let's get back to You Better, You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.
1: You Better, You Bet, Ryan Horvath, PJ Glasser filling in for Nick and Ken. They'll be back on Thursday. You can watch us live 24-7 on the BetQL Network. Directly for free on the Odyssey app, the free Odyssey app. And you can ch- check us out on uh, Twitch, YouTube, BetQLNetwork.com. And you could also listen live on Sirius Channel 160 and Sirius XM 205. And uh, coming up in about 20 minutes, you could check us out on Stadium as well. So, PJ, we hit on what the Texans were able to do against the Browns. Yep. How are you feeling right now? we go from 9.5 down to 9. Texans on the road, obviously. Nine-point dogs coming up. 4.30 p.m. kickoff. Uh, Total in the game, 44. How are you feeling about your Ravens here? I bet the under in the game already. Total down to 44. Uh, How are you feeling, though, about the side here?
2: Yeah, that's my favorite bet. As soon as I saw the total at 45, I immediately hit the under. This game just feels like 24-13, 24-17 to me. I think the under is the play. This game just has the feels of when the Ravens played at home against Andrew Luck when he was a rookie with the Colts. That game was 24-9. The Ravens played TJ Yates and the Texans in the divisional yeah. round one year. That was a 20-13 game. Like, it just feels feels like we're getting that same kind of game now what's interesting is Lamar throughout his career in the playoffs has struggled to score points that has obviously been with Greg Roman as his OC and he obviously hasn't had the receiving weapons that he has had this year so That really is what I'm interested in seeing. You know, the Ravens have one of the best offenses in the NFL this year. They scored over 30 points in a bunch of their games, um, and they were humming coming to the playoffs, right? They just scored 56 against Miami. They dropped 33 against San Francisco, scored on like seven straight drives. So their offense was playing really, really good. Um, I I just, I like the under though in this game. And a big reason too, as great as Stroud has been, as great as D'Amico Ryan's Bobby Slowick have been, and- you know, they just dropped 45 on Cleveland. Like, it's still a rookie quarterback and a rookie head coach going on the road at yeah. the end of the day. You know what I mean? And the Ravens' defense is is going to be healthy. Um, you know, Roquan didn't play against the Steelers. He'll be back. Kyle Hamilton missed the Dolphins game. He should be back. Brandon Stevens should be back. Marlon Humphrey didn't practice today, but I would expect Marlon to play. If he doesn't, I, I still think, regardless, Brandon Stevens is going to be on Nico Collins, uh, which is what I would prefer to Marlon. But I do like... The uh, the 44 I got to say Ryan I'm surprised because this line immediately opened at eight and a half went right up to nine and a half now it's back down to nine I am a little surprised by that just because of the teaser right I thought obviously you keep it at nine and a half the teaser goes to three and a half you bring it down nine then it's a three that's why it went up from eight and a half because of the teasers at two and a half you knew everybody would be on that. Um, so I do think this goes back up to nine and a half. The line feels about right. I mean, I could see the Ravens winning by 11. I could see them winning by eight. I could see them winning by four by
1: seven 14. Yeah, I, I just I think the unders is the play. I, I that to me is that is the play. That was the first bet I made. I mean, when you look at this weekend, the market like everything seems about right except for Tampa Bay to me. Tampa Bay at 6.5 is is, is probably the one play that I like as far as the size. But we'll talk about all these games coming up. I also like the under, even though the Texans against the Browns, uh, that total actually... Opened at 44, closed at 45. The Texans actually hung 45 themselves against the Browns. 45-14, they win. Bobby Slowick, we were just talking about, actually. uh, The Seattle Seahawks just uh, requested permission to interview Bobby Slowick for their head coaching opening. I think that'd be a great hire. I would rather have Bobby Slowick coming in than Dan Quinn with that team.
2: Oh, no question. Great stat, too. I want to share with the listeners. This is from Evan Abrams on Twitter. As a favorite of more than a touchdown or higher, so 7.5 or more, over the last three seasons, Lamar Jackson, one and eight against the spread. Now he's great straight so up. So he's due. Let's hope.
1: <laughs> let's do. Let's hope That's for a nice
2: split right there. Let's hope. But yeah. he's one and eight, ATS more than seven and a half. So I mean the line feels right. Of all the spreads on the board, I really like the other three spreads. This one, I No feel. I like the under. I'm seeing, too, like the Texans team totals at 18 and a half right now. Like that under. Baltimore's is at 27 and a half. Like that under. Like, I just, I think it's going to be a low scoring
1: Yeah, see, like the Browns should have been a bad matchup. And again, maybe at home they would have been a bad matchup for C.J. Stroud. But C.J. Stroud, absolutely dominant, torches cover three and zone coverage. But he struggles against man coverage, and he struggles when he's under pressure. But Cleveland wasn't really able to get any pressure in that game. And also, it was just, you know, downfield throws. It was chunk plays. Um, I just I don't know that he's going to be able to hit those explosives against Baltimore. I think they're going to be able to get some pressure on C.J. Stroud. Maybe he looks like a rookie in this game. So I'm going to stay away from the side for right now. I actually lean Baltimore, but I do like the under. All right, let's talk a little bit about this other game that we watched on Saturday night where I was on the wrong side. I did end up taking the 4.5 with the uh, Dolphins. On the opener, it was Kansas City 3.5. We closed at 4.5. Total opened at 44, undertook some money, closed at 43 and a half. We both liked the under, but unfortunately, uh, I was on Miami thinking they're going to be able to run the ball on Kansas City, and uh, instead, they treated Tua like he was Dan Marino. He was 20 for 39 passing, 199 yards, took two sacks, his QB rating was 63.9, had an interception in the game, a terrible interception in the game, also threw a touchdown on a lucky throw to Tyreek, which was the only offense they got going in that game. I was on the wrong side. Chiefs were the clear right side. Um, Any thoughts on that one? And just the Chiefs moving forward, who right now, three-point dogs against Buffalo, but you got to lay minus 125 over a BetMGM.
2: My thoughts are that I don't think Mike McDaniel is a good head coach. Really? I think he's a great offensive coordinator. I think he's a great OC. I just don't think he's as good of a head coach as we make him out. Ryan, they didn't beat a good team this year, except for Dallas. Not only did they not— So they didn't beat a good team this year. Right, exactly. They they beat one
1: playoff team. We don't know that they beat a good team. After what I watched, dude— Great call. Yeah. You're right. They beat a playoff team,
2: not a good (laughs) team. Ryan, think about Miami and what we saw from them this season against really good teams. Um— so when we think Dolphins, we think high-flying attack, right? We think a team that scores a bunch of points, they throw it all over the yard, Tyreek, Jalen Waddle, all this speed, great. The teams that they played this year that went to the playoffs, mm-hmm. they played the Eagles back early in the season when the Eagles were good. They scored 17 against them. They played the Bills twice this year. They scored 14 and 20 in those two games. They played the Ravens this year, scored 19 in that game. They played Kansas City twice this year, scored 14 and 7 in those games. Like, they are not scoring points against the top teams in the NFL. And last year when they played San Francisco, remember when the Dolphins played the Niners, it was like week eight or nine and the Dolphins were like a great story and they went into San Francisco. The Niners obliterated them and they didn't score much in that game. So I don't know, man. I I think the Dolphins got issues. I, I like Tua, but he can't beat he can't beat good teams. He can't score on good teams. And Mike McDaniel, I just you know I just don't think he's a good head coach. I think he's a really good play caller. I'm not sure on him as a head coach. Also, you know, defensively, I know they suffered a ton of injuries. Which, yeah, they had which no pass rushers. None. They had Melvin Ingram I mean, that's, that's what killed them at the end of the, the year. You know, their defense had a ton of injuries, so it's a shame. I'll be interested to see what they look like next year, but – I think the Dolphins offense is a concern great you can score 70 points against the Broncos when they were a disaster earlier in the year great you can put 40 on the Panthers you can score a bunch on the Giants and the Jets awesome New England fantastic you go up against the Ravens the Chiefs the Bills you struggle in those games so I can't I can't take the Dolphins seriously. (laughs) They got a lot of they got a lot of things to think about with Tua.
1: I mean, it's a good point though, because it wasn't even that they were like one and five, one and six, whatever it was against playoff teams. They were like minus 91 point differential. They so they were score. getting blown out. I mean, yeah. that Baltimore game, and they had everything to play for in that Baltimore game because they could have still had home field advantage in oh, the number yeah. one seed, and they got absolutely blown out. And yeah, you had a bunch of injuries. You lose Phillips, you lose Bradley Chubb, you lose Van Ginkle. But still, man, I mean, the offensive side of the ball was the issue in this game. They couldn't get the run game going even against Kansas City. And that's their weakness. Tua, 25 yards uh, running, unfortunately, rushing. But after that, it was Raheem Mostert had eight carries only for 33 yards. Achan wasn't able to get anything going. Six carries for only nine yards. Yeah. You know, they had to end around with uh, a jet sweep with Jalen Waddle, where he had a uh, carry for nine yards. But they couldn't get anything going on the ground. Tua wasn't very good. I don't think Tua is the guy. I actually am. Mo- I'm more sold that Mike McDaniel is a good head coach, although the play calls were not great against Kansas City. I'm not sold on Tua. That's fair. I mean, that's that's
2: fair. I agree with you. I don't. I don't think Tua is the guy, especially because. Look, I mean, Ryan, let's face it. For the Dolphins, if they want to get to the Super Bowl in the next decade, right, they're going to have to go through cold-weather places. They're going to have to go through Baltimore. They're going to have to go through Cincinnati, Buffalo, Kansas City. Houston looks like they're going to be really good with Stroud. That's a dome. But most of these places you're going to have to go are in cold weather. Miami is now 1-18 in 18 straight up since January 2017 in games of 49 degrees or below. Like, you're just—it's— I mean, you're talking about a guy who's born in Hawaii, went to school at Alabama, and lives in Miami, you know? Like, yeah. he doesn't want to play in that stuff. So, yeah. I'm with you. Tua, Dolphins have some decisions. What I will say about Tua, which I think was big for him this year, is, I mean, do you remember when we were previewing the season over the summer, and the narrative around Tua, and will he play 11 games this season? Right. Will he play 13? Yeah, he played every game this played year. played every game. Yeah. There really wasn't a close call, so I think you gotta give him a win for that. But uh, now that he has proven he can go through a season healthy,
1: Ryan, he's got to prove that he can win big games. So Dolphins finish 11 and 6 on the season, 10 and 7 against the spread. Chiefs now 12 and 6, 10, 7 and 1 against the number. Patrick Mahomes didn't have to do a whole lot. I mean, he was pretty solid, 23 of 41, had a touchdown, didn't turn the ball over. Rasheed Rice in his first playoff game had eight receptions on 12 targets, 130 yards, and had a touchdown. Travis Kelsey caught seven of his 10 targets for 71 yards. If they get if they get that the rest of the way from Kelsey. And Rice, and they're able to run the ball. I mean, Pacheco had 24 carries for 89 yards. I won't be shocked if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl again. I, so, all right, at three right now, you like them against Buffalo. I love them against Buffalo, love man. It's, it's just like I'm getting points with Patrick Mahomes. I have the Bills futures, but I'm with you. Like we talked about in that first segment, I just feel like something right now for Buffalo is missing. And with Kansas City, I mean, will you be shocked even this year, a down year where they have 12 wins? It's that defense. You know, and I was worried going against Miami against the run, but now they're fully healthy, and Chris Jones becomes a different dude in the playoffs. I mean, yeah. he's a solid pass rusher in the regular season, but they're so much better against the run, and Spags is a genius. And I actually thought that was a bad matchup going against Tua and the Dolphins' offense just because of how much they blitz. They blitz at the seventh highest rate. Tua was the number one quarterback against the Blitz, was getting rid of the ball quickly, and it didn't matter. So now going against Josh Allen and the Bills, you think they're going to be able to hold their own? Man, I, I think I think they'll be able to. I really, I'm
2: with you. I love KC plus three. There, this isn't getting to three and a half, so you just got to lay the juice and take three. This will probably go back down at two and a half. I yeah. think that's where the game's going to close. Yeah, I really like Kansas City, though. I think they win the game outright at plus one twenty. Ryan, you know there are going to be so many money line parlays this week with Baltimore, San Francisco, Detroit. And Buffalo, right? Everybody's going to load up on the favorites, take them on the money line. And I think the Chiefs are going to win. They're going to win the final game of uh, of the weekend. So I'm with you. The defense is playing great. I just think, too, like the Chiefs are going to embrace the fact that they're going on the road, right? Like everybody's talking right. about Mahomes going on the road for the first time, playing a playoff game. I think they're going to they're gonna relish that opportunity. So it's going to be an awesome game. Every time these two teams get together, it always is. I want to ask you about the total, though, when we get back. Because it's a 46, you know, those two quarterbacks you would think over, but those two teams tend to play a lot under games.
1: Yeah, total 46. We'll talk about that. We also got to recap that uh, Green Bay-Dallas game where the Packers beat up on the Cowboys. Mike McCarthy, most likely, I'm going to say, done in Dallas. Jerry Jones didn't look very happy. We'll see what happens there. We'll see what happens. Green Bay, a 10-point dog. Actually down 9.5 against San Francisco coming up this weekend. Hour number two, Nick and Ken with the day off. Ryan Horvath, P.J. Glass are filling in. It's You Better, You Bet.
0: We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. The